Kelly Thompson heads to D.C. There's a new ongoing for Captain Marvel, and we say goodbye to a comic book legend. Hey, everybody, my name's Hilton Price, and I'm an OK Geek. Thanks for joining me this week. Uh, took a week or maybe two off. I told you guys this is not a weekly podcast, but some stuff has happened the last couple days, and I had to get back on the mic. Uh, the biggest news, of course, is uh, the death of John Romita Sr. Uh, not to start on a sour note, but I, I, I would be remiss if I tried to talk about any other topic in comics this week, because there is nothing bigger than the loss of a legend. John Romita Sr., born in 1930, passed away June 12th of this year. Uh, the man known for the creation uh, of several uh, beloved comic book characters and uh, his artwork of hundreds of thousands of recognizable characters uh, is absolutely some of the best artwork, some of the iconic artwork that you know for characters like Spider-Man, for characters like The Punisher. John Romita Sr. was one of the people who helped define the look of these characters. Uh, of course, his son, John Romita Jr., also still a prolific artist, uh, recently took uh, was on The, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man. But Sr., of course, uh, played a part in creating uh, dozens of characters, including uh, Bullseye, Luke Cage, um, uh, the Rhino, Randy Robertson, Robbie Robertson, uh, the Man Mountain Marco, Nova, the Richard Ryder incarnation, the Punisher, uh, the Vulture, Mary Jane Watson, Wolverine. You know, so many of these characters who are from across comics, from across the Marvel pantheon, uh, were the work of John Romita Sr. So uh, if you're not familiar with his work automatically, listen, if you're an old uh, comic head, you, you, you know Romita's work just visually. You, you see it, you know it. He's got a style like Kirby, like Ditko. He's got a style that you know. <clears throat> but if you don't, that's totally cool, man. Comics have been going on for years, for decades. Maybe you're newer to the medium. Maybe you just never got into his work. Do some Googling tonight. Look up John Romita Sr. Search characters created by John Romita Sr. And do a little bit of deep diving to learn a little bit more about this man who has played such a big part in the comics that you know and love. Um, and to the Romita family, our hearts go out to them. Uh, and we are so grateful uh, for the amazing work and talent uh, of this man. So thank you, John Romita Sr., for all you've done for comics. You will be deeply, deeply missed. We have a lot of ongoing shuffling happening in comics this week. Uh, one of the biggest stories that caught my eye, because you guys know I am a fan of writer Kelly Thompson. Her work on the eponymous Captain Marvel book, this 50-issue run, has been some of my favorite recent superhero works. And partially by challenging me to get into story types that I don't normally get into. Uh, Thompson's Marvel run... Uh, excuse me, Captain Marvel run, dealt with some alternate timelines, some alternate universes, stuff that can be low stakes. But she made it high stakes through the character interactions, through the development of not just Carol, but the other core members of her cast, the Carol core, as it were, hashtag Carol core. And really, um, you know, like take, for instance, Carol and Rhodey. She had... Um, Carol dating uh, James um, uh, James Rhodes, uh, uh, War Machine, excuse me, pardon the Oz. And one of the alternate universe stories, she actually encountered what was supposed to be Rhodey's child in the future. And in the changes that happened in that alternate universe, that child may not happen now. So she had to go back and talk to Rhodey about a possible future that she saw that may no longer exist. That's a bolder, bigger thing than you may have at first realized. So, or at least that I at first realized. And that's why I was immediately not, I wasn't as into the nature of these stories as I ended up being. Once I got a chance to like look back and be like, oh, 
that's what the groundwork she was laying is doing. That's how it's challenging this hero in new ways. You know, the creation of the binary character, which was a sentient being created from Carol's powers during the run, this was a character who did not feel like they were going to have a lot of longevity. But at the same time, Kelly made us fall in love with this character. So when challenges popped up to test that character. I'm not going to get any deeper than that because I want you guys to read the run. I'm not going to get into spoilers. But when challenges popped up to test this character, we cared because we had been taught to care by developing a love and affinity for that character over the course of the book. Thompson is an excellent writer. And uh, this Captain Marvel run has been phenomenal. And I say that, you know, after exploring other writers who I didn't know. I've spent a lot of time this year getting into new writers, you know. I've always been one that kind of hung on to the same writers over and over again. And and this year I kind of broke away from that and started following, just grabbing number ones, grabbing random issues, grabbing stuff that I saw was cool in online forums on, on sites like Bleeding Cool and, and and learned about new new writers. And that's how I got into Kelly Thompson. That's how I got into Jed McKay. That's how I got into Tom Taylor. And, and I mean, Tom Taylor is not some unknown. I mean, he's one of the top writers in the field right now. Jed McKay didn't get Avengers because he's a nobody. And Kelly Thompson is not about to write Birds of Prey over at DC because she's a hack. These are awesome writers getting good work because their quality product proves how great they are. And yes, Thompson is going to DC. Birds of Prey, baby. I am super psyched for this for a number of reasons. First off, because I was kind of sad I wasn't going to get to read her work anymore because uh, I'm sticking with Carol, obviously. I'm jumping on this little Anne Nascenti miniseries. I can't think of what the name is right now. And I'll have more Carol news in just a few minutes. But I was sad to think that I wasn't going to have a Thompson book in my pull list. And then I saw she's going to Birds of Prey. And I'm super psyched about this, you guys. I am super psyched about this. Um, Oh, God, did I lose it already? I had the page up. Here's the thing about it is she's building her own new Birds of Prey team that is not just pulling from some of the obvious choices. Like, obviously, Black Canary is the lead here. But who else is on this team? We've got Harley Quinn. We've got Big Barda. We've got, uh, oh, what's her name? Oh, shucks, I got to get her name. Uh, let me see. She's over from Wild something. Where is she? Zealot. Zealot from uh, Wildcats. I don't know Zealot, so that is an exciting one for me because I get a chance to read about a new character that I'm not um, familiar with. Obviously, I'm a Harley fan. Uh, Black Canary's been great. I don't know. What t- I, I don't read a ton of her, but I've, I've always seen her ancillarily in Justice League titles, in Green Arrow titles, always enjoyed her. Uh, Barda's another one I don't know much about. I've never been much of a New Gods guy, although I need to be, man. That Jack Kirby art is second to none. If, you, if, you want, if you're on Facebook, go to the Art of Jack Kirby page just because they share art all the time including a lot of his New Gods work uh, from DC. And it is just so pretty. It's so beautiful, you guys. If you like comic art, got to swear by that. But Barda seems like a really cool character, and I've wanted to get uh, learn more about her, so I'm excited for that. Uh, but then the one that I'm super excited about, you guys, is Cassandra Kane Batgirl joining the Birds of Prey team. And this is also great news for me, because also I have bad news this week, you guys, because DC's Batgirls is coming to an end with the 19th issue. 
This has been such a fun book, Batgirls, featuring Barbara Gordon, Cassandra Cain, and Stephanie Brown, all three of the Batgirls working together. Um, they formed a new hideout in a new part of Gotham. We got to see them taking on new enemies. We got to see them working together. And we really got to see a lot of fun interaction between Stephanie and Cassandra, uh, really just kind of showing them to be uh, I don't know, best friends, sisters. I, I I don't know what the relationship is, but it was freaking adorable, you guys, and I loved it so much. That is a fun 19-issue run. And we talked a little bit about a week or two ago about how the early issues had some kind of bad type. Uh, the font they were using was crap, and they quickly fixed that and got it under control. So that was really great to see uh, because it turned into a really great book. Uh, another one DC is canceling is that Tim Drake Robin series. Um, I honestly I was really turned off by the art by I want to say I want to say Riley Rossmo, but I don't remember. Don't quote me on that. But I did not love it. Uh, but it was got, it's got to be for somebody, and that's one thing we talked about on a past issue, a past episode is how just because you don't love the art doesn't mean it sucks. It just means it's not for you. And and this just wasn't for me, so I didn't. Stay on it, and that one is coming to an end with number 10 as well. <clears throat> uh, that Batgirls book, if you can pick it up in trades, highly recommend. Written by Becky Cloonan uh, and Michael Conrad. And Becky is not one... I don't love Becky Cloonan. Uh, she, she's great. She's obviously got lots of um, uh, credentials behind her, but her style is just not one that I've ever been super into, but I really loved this book. So even if you're not typically a Clunan fan, jump on this one. Uh, same with Conrad. I don't know much about him. I can't say that I've read a ton of his stuff, but the two of them together were great on this. So uh, really great run. Sad to see it go. Definitely going to be sad for not having more Steph Brown in my life right now. But I will be satiated knowing that my girl Cassandra is over with the BOP. So, Kelly, congrats on this new book. Super excited to read it. Uh, and uh, just uh, once again, congrats on an awesome, awesome, awesome Captain Marvel run. I'm going to give a shout out to her Twitter real quick. Uh, Kelly is at at 79 semifinalist. If you want to follow her, she talks a lot about comics. I think she's a big Marvel snap player and she does lots of retweeting about fun art, uh, news headlines and uh, some good uh, leftist politics, if that's your sort of thing as well. Let's see what else is going on. Uh, Captain Marvel. So we are losing Captain Marvel under the helm of Kelly Thompson. Sad for that. And we are getting a, a little mini series with Anne Nascenti. I'm going to see if I can pull up the title on that real quick. And no Senti. There we go. That is going to be called Captain Marvel Dark Tempest. Definitely going to be checking that out. And then, boom, 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 we have a brand new Captain Marvel coming uh, from Alyssa Wong and Jen... Oof. Here's a last name, Baseldua. Um, and Jan Baseldua is creating a new costume, which is based on Jen Bartel's Hellfire Gala costume that she designed for Carol, which was spotlighted on a variant cover uh, for the upcoming uh, Hellfire Gala. The Hellfire Gala, if you're not super into X-Men right now, the X-Men, man, I'm going to attempt to TLDR the Krakoa X-Men era. And I'm going to fail, so let's just not do that. But the point is the Hellfire Gala, every year, they throw a big party. It's kind of partly political, partly, um, you know, for fun. And everybody gets dressed up in heroes from across Marvel um, attend. And Carol's outfit for this year's gala was uh, some hot shit, frankly. So the new book is going to be, that, that blew up the internet, so the new book is going to be using that design as part of her new day-to-day uh, -day costume. So excited to see what that's going to be all about. I don't know much from Alyssa Wong. I'm trying to think what else I've read that she's done. Um, I want to say she might have done some runaways. I'm trying to look up, going to look up what she has done, and we'll see what we can find out. Um, the name rings a bell. She's definitely no newbie 
Uh, oh, she did some Star Wars Dr. Afra for Marvel. She did some Deadpool. She did a bunch of Dr. Afra. I bet I read some of that. If you haven't read Star Wars Dr. Afra, by the way, it is so good. The first one was excellent. The, I, I'm... The two biggest mistakes I've made in recent years in comics were jumping off the eponymous Star Wars book and jumping off Dr. Aphra. Those were both such good books. Well, she's done a bunch of stuff in the Star Wars world, in the Deadpool world. She's done a little bit of New Mutants. Um, but it looks like that's the bulk of it. But I'm super excited to see her uh, taking on Captain Marvel, and I can't wait to see where Carol's going to go. Um, higher, faster, further, baby. What else we got this week? Do we have any other headlines? I don't see anything here. I think I've reached... The end of my headlines. So is that it? I mean, should we wrap up the episode? No, let's not wrap up the episode yet because I've got previews. New previews is out for Marvel. And uh, the cover of this one caught me by surprise, and I didn't realize what how cool this was at first. Uh, it's a little bit of a cheesy cover. It's kind of a, an Alex Ross. Um, what's the thing with the lights? Uh, it's like... Um, What's the thing that J.J. Abrams does? The camera flare, the solar flare or whatever, the flare, lens flare, lens flare. It's almost got like a lens flare effect where it's almost too bright. Uh, this Thor book, this Thor number one. And I didn't realize, you know, it's going to be called The Immortal Thor. It's a new relaunch of Thor called The Immortal Thor. And I was like, oh, The Immortal Thor, That's uh, they're trying to give him a new name instead of Mighty Thor. Um, and I walked past this preview sitting on my dining room table for about four days before I noticed the other big thing on the cover. Al Ewing. Al Ewing writing Thor. Wait for it. Immortal Thor. This is a conscious decision, you guys, because Al Ewing just wrapped up one of the most acclaimed run on the Hulk of all time. And what was that book called? The Immortal Hulk. So they are taking the descriptor immortal attaching that to Al Ewing right now as a promise of quality. So I jumped off Donnie Cates and um, uh, Thorn Grabberuck or, or Yorn, whatever the hell, whoever the hell was writing Thor, I got so bored that when I missed an issue, I just stopped. I thought I was done with the God of Thunder for a minute. I might be back on because... I have been reading Immortal Hulk, and I also just wrapped up Donny Cates' eponymous Hulk. And I told you that I like it in the sense that it was big, stupid action. And this weird splitting the Hulk into three parts thing was a fun, big, bold idea that I enjoyed. It was messy, but it was fun. <clears throat> Immortal Hulk is not messy. I've been reading that at the same time. I'm still actually working my way through that. Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk is precise, deliberate, immensely quality storytelling. The Hulk and Banner that he is writing may not be as bold on the idea chart as this split into three personalities thing that Donny Cates was doing, but it's so much more riveting, this idea of the Hulk being the monster that comes out at night, that he comes out to be the monster when Banner can no longer handle the problems of life. This is... It's not bold in that Donny Cates big sci-fi way. It's bold in its, in its heart, in its, I don't know. I, 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 I am failing the words to describe it. It is worth checking out. And it's so good that even halfway through the run, far from the end, I will grab Immortal Thor number one just because Ewing's name is on it. 
All right, let's see what else we got in here. We're just going to go quickly through some of the major ones that catch my eye. Uh, Disney is still doing its What If covers, uh, which is uh, recreating classic covers with some of its own stars. So I see we've got a fun uh, Daisy Duck dressed up as... Um, um, uh, um, what's her? Not, not Gwenpool. Um, oh, man. Spider-Gwen. There you go. Huh. Can I tell you I haven't seen Across the Spider-Verse without telling you I haven't seen Across the Spider-Verse? We have a brand new Uncanny Avengers coming out. That is the special team of Avengers and X-Men coming together. That's going to be written by Jerry Dugan. Glad to see that. Uh, Immortal Thor by Al Ewing. Uh, oh, that's got a fun Miss Minutes variant cover. That could be really cool. Um, wow, the art on that is pretty too, you guys. Who's doing the art on that? That is going to be by Martin Cocolo. Don't know his work, but I'm digging it. Yeah, I may be on that, you guys. I may be on it. Death of the Venomverse. I have not been into this Venomverse stuff, you guys. I need someone to write me and let me know how, if it's something to go back and check out. Because I I read King in Black, and it was good, and I, I don't dislike Eddie Brock Venom, but I just have not been super... I don't care. I, I just don't care, you guys. I don't. I just don't care. Anyway. Spider-Man Annual, the Dan Slott one. Oh, no, this one's written by Stephanie Phillips. Huh. Invincible Iron Man, getting an annual. Oh, this is part of the Contest of Chaos. So all the annuals this year are part of an ongoing crossover called Contest of Chaos that I believe is going to kick off with the Scarlet Witch annual. And I did notice, I don't think I'm seeing any more Scarlet Witch singles. So I got a hunch that book is ending with the annual. So uh, shame for that. Uh, who's writing that? Is that Frank Thierry? I can't remember who's writing that Scarlet Witch book. But anyway, bunch of annuals coming out. Fantastic Four, Moon Knight. Uh, and they're all part of this contest of champions. So I, or contest of chaos, excuse me. So I will read Scarlet Witch and then take it issue by issue after that. Might grab them, might not. We'll see. The Ultimate Universe is invading the main Marvel U. Uh, Ultimate Invasion, numbers three. Uh, number three of four is uh, being solicited in this book. Number four, two? No. Uh, but the Marvel Age number 1000 is coming out. Oh, first things first on that Ultimate Invasion. I'm going to read it because Ultimate's got me into the comics, but I do not have high hopes. Uh, although it is written by Jonathan Hickman, who rarely does wrong. So, you know, we'll see. Marvel Age 1000 is supposed to be just celebrating Marvel Comics. I always think it's interesting when Marvel decides that they're going to, like, release. They always release these weird, like, 1000 issues or zero issues of stuff at random times. And I think it's only just because they feel like they need to boost sales. I don't think there's any, honestly, time logic of any of it. Dark X-Men number one by Steve Fox. That's interesting. I don't know. Uh, I might read a little bit more about what that's about. Fall of X. Okay, so I got a hint that the Krakoa era is coming to an end because we've got a bunch of stuff branded Fall of X right now. So if there was ever a time to uh, not care about the Krakoa era or the fact that I wasn't even going to try and TLDR it for you, it might be now. Got an Alpha Flight Mini, got a Jean Grey Mini, an Astonishing uh, Iceman Mini. There is something happening in the X world. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a bunch of minis. Realm of X, Uncanny Avengers, and then looks like Arcs. There's something called Uncanny Spider-Man. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, if you're an X-Man person, uh, you got a lot of books to buy because this is about to get serious. This is about to get intense. So I am kind of glad that I'm not on the X-Books right now. There's something called classified number one of four that they're not releasing any information on. I hate this so much, you guys. I guess the title will spoil something, but because of that, now for people like me that typically place my order three months ahead, I'm supposed to just guess whether or not I'm going to want it? It's weird, you guys. 
looks like Ghost Rider and Wolverine have got a crossover coming up. Um, what's this? Ghost Rider Wolverine Weapons of Vengeance Alpha number one. Interesting. Looks like that's part of the Fall of X as well. Magneto's getting a miniseries. Meanwhile, the Captain America Cold War crossover is wrapping up. We are getting a Captain America finale before Cap gets a brand new ongoing series. Looks like Riri Williams, the Invincible Ironheart, is getting her own series. Glad to see that. The Pets of the Marvel U getting a mini in Marvel Unleashed. Meanwhile, Amazing Spider-Man is still on track with uh, John Romita Jr. In the, uh, on the art over there. I see that the Spider-Man annual will not tie into Contest to Chaos. That's interesting. Uh, Captain Marvel Dark Tempest number two has been solicited. We've got that X-Men Days of Future Past Doomsday crossover. The new Blade series has got a new issue. Got a couple of what-ifs. What if Dark Venom and what if Dark Moon Knight. What's with the dark thing? I don't know. Huh. And yeah, I, I am still so impressed that Moon Knight has more than one series right now. Good for him. I love that so much for him. Let's see. I'm going to flip through a few more here. I don't see too much else that I'm really that excited about. That I got to tell you, Guardians of the Galaxy number five, I really liked that Guardians number one, but then number two was really lame. I did not care. I, I'm going to pick up number three just to see if they get back to this Groot Fall story. Hey, oh, hey, Scarlet Witch number seven. She's back. Steve Orlando, not Frank Thierry. Oh, good. I'm so glad to see that that book is back. I was worried about that. I got to double check that I'm not that I'm getting everything I want to order, too, then, huh? Interesting. Anyway. More of the Jed McKay Avengers. Uh, the first issue was great. Chip Zdarsky is still on Daredevil. I noticed on my website where I order my comics over at DCBS, they had a Daredevil number one. I'm not sure what it was, but I ordered it. Hope it's something I want. Deadpool ongoing. Doctor Strange continues, also with Jed McKay. Uh, meanwhile, over in some uh, other licenses, we've got Planet of the Apes, Alien, and Star Wars series, all from Marvel. A lot happening in Star Wars. We've got Return of the Jedi. There's a Max Rebo mini. How are you going to do stories about Max Rebo? Man, I may have to grab that just to see what the hell it's all about. Oh, Alyssa Wong is reading writing the current Dr. Afra. I mean, you need to go back and buy that because I want to read some Alyssa Wong before this new Captain Marvel comes out. Over in the books, uh, in the hardcovers, you can get Judgment Day, you can get Devil's Reign, you can get uh, the first arc of... Oh, wow, no, this is the old Clone Saga. Oh, God, don't buy it, you guys. Don't do it. Dan Slott's Fantastic Four. It was hit or miss, man. Man, Dan Slott is not great. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta call a spade a spade, guys. Dan Slott is not great. Let's see, we've got some X, X23, Deadly Regenesis, some Moonlight... If you're a hardcover guy, there's a bunch of stuff coming out. Paperbacks, too. I don't know. I'm going to wrap that up. I'm getting running out of stuff to talk about. And this is probably the longest episode I've had in like three weeks. Of course, I've only had like one other episode in three weeks because this is not a weekly podcast. Guys, I'm done. I'll see you next week, maybe.